In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 308th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, The Detroit Lions Are Coming In Hot. They're coming in hot to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday at 1 p.m., having won two of their last three games. Now, I, I know you can't get too hyped about the Lions. They're 2-11-1. Um, they, their only other game, they tied the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they did beat the Arizona Cardinals 30-12 to last week and uh, did it in convincing fashion. Their other win is over the Minnesota Vikings. And, they, and as I said, they tied Pittsburgh. They're 2-11-1. They'll be coming into Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons are 0-5 this season. And this is their next-to-last game. The Falcons' only home win was in London against the New York Jets. So technically they're 1-5 at home, but 0-5 at the Mercedes-Benz. Here's Coach Arthur Smith. Each game is its own entity. There are certain things you try to build off week to week. Certain things come up situationally. Matchups change week to week. And... You know, these are the easy narratives, and the, the reality is we're we're 0-5 the season at home. A couple games that, you know, you know we we had, we had a chance and we did we didn't close it out. The other ones, you know, didn't do a well good enough job. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you those things can snowball on you, and and, and we got to do something to, to change that narrative, certainly. But we we the most important thing, whether we were playing in Atlanta, Detroit, Barcelona, Cabo. Uh, we got to get ready to play a good team and, and, and go out there and execute and play better up, up front. Well, there's Coach Smith and uh, throwing out his easy narratives. Yeah, when you go on five, that's a pretty easy narrative. So we're going to ask you about it because it's factual. Now let's move on to the Lions game by game. They're 2-11-1, as we said. Uh, looked like they were going to give it the old 0-16 another shot. They <laughs> They started off the season in uh, Lions fashion and dropped, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Then they got a tie in uh, Pittsburgh and then lost two more. And then they got hot. They beat the Vikings 29-27, uh, lost to Denver 38-10, and then, like I said, beat the Arizona Cardinals 30-12 to last Sunday. But, uh, you know, they started off losing to San Francisco at Green Bay. The Baltimore game was tough. They kicked the the record field goal on that one. Um, Tucker beat them there in 1917. I think that was the game Coach Coach Campbell was crying after that game. Then 24-14 to the Bears. Another tough one to the Vikings, 1917. Uh, Bengals blew them out 34-11. Uh, Rams blew them out 28-19, and then the Eagles really stomped them out 44-6. They put it back together and, uh, you know, uh, tied the Steelers. And then they lost to the Browns in another close one, 13-10. 
and they lost to the Bears 16-14. to So they've been in a lot of games. They played tough. It's a really gritty team. Coach Campbell, you know, he got the job. Uh, he was, uh, you know, down in Miami. He was interim down there. He got the job. He talking about biting off people's kneecaps and, you know, really playing tough Detroit football. And um, the folks that Detroit have taken to him, it sounded a little crazy at the time, but uh, I'm starting to warm up to coach kneecaps myself. So they'll come in here and, uh, you know, they're going to play the Falcons tough. They played everybody. They played just about everybody tough. You know, a lot of one-score games in there. Um, and, uh, you know, so so don't be like, oh, it's 2-11-1. Uh, you know, it's old Detroit. But the Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game. That was the early line on bet at betonline.com. So I get the line, the opening line at the beginning of the week and then see if it's moved by the end of the week. So, you know, we'll have that for you. I usually tweet that out if it moves drastically or have it in our five things to know before kickoff. Now, offensively, their weapons are down. Uh, we know their main weapon, you know, former Georgia tailback DeAndre Swift, uh, he's uh, injured. And uh, Jamal Williams is also injured. They may uh, they may get one of them back for the Falcons. Uh, Swift may make it back, uh, too, is what I saw on the Detroit website. But the uh, running back to be concerned about right now is a gentleman by the name of Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds is 25. He's been, he's been in the league since 2019. He was undrafted out of Cutstown State, uh, Andre Reed School, the Hall of Famer for Buffalo. And uh, he rushed 26 times for 112 yards against the Cardinals. So um, Reynolds hasn't scored a rushing touchdown, but Swift was averaging four carry. Uh, Williams, 4.2. Williams, the former Green Bay Packer. Uh, Reynolds averaging 5.3 in limited action, 37 carries, 195 yards, no touchdowns. So that's who um, – they're going to run the ball because that's what that's how they, they try to keep games close, uh, run the ball, you know, not ask Jared Goff to do too much. But they do have a set of uh, pretty decent receivers, or at least they found some stuff that worked for them along the way here this season. Uh, Amon Ray St. Brown, the rookie out of USC, fourth-round pick. He is their leading uh, receiver with 65 catches for 601 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the big guy is TJ Hawkinson, but he's hurt, so the Falcons don't have to worry about him, the tight end. Uh, so And uh, Swift, they're, they're, they're number two and number three, so they're out. But the other guys that have stepped up for him are Khalif Raymond, uh, a lot of people know him. He played at Holy Cross, a greater Atlanta Christian kid uh, from Lawrenceville, five foot eight, one eighty two. He's twenty seven. He's been around. Um, I, I, I want to say he was with Slayton in them, but he's probably he's a little bit older than Darius Slayton, the Giants receiver from GAC. But uh, he's been with Denver, the Giants, the Jets, and Tennessee. So the Falcons know him because he was in Tennessee last year. Uh, with Coach Arthur Smith. And uh, their other guy is uh, Josh Reynolds. They got him off of the practice squad, but he was mostly with the Rams. He was on the Super Bowl Rams and was with Detroit, and the Falcons know him too because he was with Tennessee and Detroit last season, 2020. So he's the big guy. He's 6'3", 190. Um, 
my scouting report people tell me that uh, Raymond will play outside even at 5'8", and they've been running um, St. Brown out of the slot. So um, that'll be the matchup for the nickel, and then maybe Raymond will get um, he'll get Fabian Monroe, and Josh Reynolds will get uh, AJ Terrell if he's going to that side, because you know the Falcons don't um, they don't flip flop. So the quarterback in situation, you know the big trade. Uh, Stafford's not uh, with them anymore. They traded him to the Rams. Y'all know that by now. And Jared Goff is the quarterback. He has uh, thrown for over 3,000 yards this season, completed 67% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and uh, he's been sacked 34 times. Maybe the Falcons will get there. Uh, His passer rating is 90. So, um, you know, that's uh, that's the attack that they'll be bringing in here, a little bit different from last year uh, when the Falcons didn't – all they had to do was fall down and couldn't get that right. Gurley goes into the end zone. Stafford comes back and rips it down the field and pulls out the victory, one of them heartbreaking victories the Falcons had last year. But over the years, the recent years, of course, the uh, Lions and the Falcons have hooked up in some really interesting games. Uh, that one last year, I remember the game up in Detroit where Golden Tate looked like he scored. and um, you know, he didn't, and then the 10-second runoff rule ended the game. And then there was another game in Detroit, and uh, my cousin was playing for the Lions at that time, Jeremiah Ledbetter's on the practice squad in Jacksonville now. But um, another game up there was uh, Todd McClure was so hot after the game. Uh, Obi Mahaley got his knee blown out, and uh, uh, Sue was stomping on, stomped on Matt Ryan's ankle, and he was McClure was so hot, he was telling us how, how dirty of a player Sue was, and, you know, that went viral after the game. So these games – and then um, I was talking to Mark Bradley yesterday. He said, hey, go look up the um, Lions game in 1989, the end of the season at Fulton County Stadium. It was about 20 people there. It was like friends and family day. And uh, (laughs) he said, yeah, I think Barry Sanders ran for a couple hundred, but it was one of those uh, end of the season – you know, two teams going nowhere deals, and, uh, 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 you know, he remembered that as one of the Lion and Falcon classics. So, yes, let's um, – let's. Uh, I want to – I still got to go to defense and special teams, and then we'll hear some more from, from uh, Coach Kneecaps here. Uh, but don't have that much on the defense. But y'all are going to be stunned and maybe even mad that the Lions' top defender – it's Charles Harris, the defensive end that was with the Falcons last season. He didn't do a thing. Maybe two sacks is what I recall. I didn't look up his stats from last year. I, maybe I can do that. But he's got 7.5 sacks. Man, that would lead the that would lead the Falcons by a mile. So they kept the wrong guy. They kept Fowler and should have kept Harris. I don't know uh, what Detroit paid him, but it's usually uh, you know more money when you go to another team. So and they're stout up front. They got Brockers and Flowers. Uh, old Anzalone from the from the Saints, former Saints players, playing a little bit of linebacker up there. Um, their big corner, um, Akunde from Ohio State, is out. But the other kid, Oracor, has uh, stepped up. And I know I messed that up, but we'll get it together before Sunday. Uh, and special teams, 
Wise. Uh, punt relief. Uh, Khalif Raymond is the punt returner. Jack Fox is doing the punting, and Riley Patterson is the kicker. He's uh from Memphis, one of the uh, Memphis Tigers in the league. So with that, let's uh let's go to Coach Cambo, where he explains uh, a little bit about uh, his uh his uh speech after the game and how it's going viral. Right now, welcome to Detroit. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we did everything we said we needed to do to that team. We did everything. And I tell you what, defense, you took it personal. It's three and out, man. You guys are making them have to party. We said we were going to do this from the get-go, and... We do. We want to be a physical bunch. Uh, we want to play with a lot of intensity. Uh, we want to try to control uh, control the game somewhat, control our possessions. We want to convert uh, and, and feel like we can, you know, we can kind of open up the playbooks or the game plan offensively and defensively. All right, there he is. I'm calling him Coach Kneecaps because it's working. Uh, or it looks like they're getting a foundation in Detroit. You know, of the first-year coaches, you know, Urban Meyer didn't make it past 14 games y'all know that by now uh but coach uh dave's doing a i think they're doing a respectable job in detroit despite the record uh philly seriani's doing good and i think the falcons you got to be happy with the six wins and and y'all see the talent when they go up against the good teams you know they were able to hang with hang with them but then eventually they put their feet down and, and that happened in us that happened in san francisco you know at the um at the beginning of the third quarter, Falcons got, you know, got the ball, can drive down and score, and they, you know, Nick Bosa says, no, y'all can't, and and beats McGarry, gets the ball off of Matt Ryan. They go down and score, and uh, score on their next drive and took control of that game. So um, we've seen that. That's happened when they play good teams. Tampa Bay twice, uh, you know, uh, they went out, and, and they tried to play with them. They played with them for a while, New England. Um, you know, they, they got into the fourth quarter with New England before it got away from them. And the uh, Dallas game was just a, you know, just, you know, bad from the start. Uh, you know, you got torched in the secondary that, that day. So, but against uh, the teams of uh, similar um, quality, the Falcons have been able to play with those teams and pull out some games. You know, they have problems winning games. Uh, one score games last year. One of them was the Detroit one. Uh, and so they've been able to do that. So progress is being made. Uh, he talks about the team continually to improve. Like to see a little bit more, but, um, you know, if he's saying that, they're watching more film than we are. So we'll um, take Coach at his word for that. And so before we get out of here, let's talk about the P word. Um, it's down to 2%. You know, um, and this isn't a team that you really want to see go to playoffs because they can't do any damage. Uh, if you take away Patterson, uh, you know, and Russell Gage, that's pretty much it at this point. Uh, Kyle Pitts, they've been able to take him away uh, too. So, I mean, that's what you would have to face. You'd have Those guys would have to go off for the Falcons to be a threat in the playoffs. We haven't seen them do it all together in one game. Uh, but that would be your goal if you somehow figured out a way to get there but the um, percentages are low. And then uh, one last thing on the last game, Patterson on 11 of his carries was met in the backfield seven times. So that's not a formula for a run game. 
So, um, you know, they're going to have to block a little bit better against Detroit. They're going to have to control Charles Harris. Can't let him in the backfield uh, uh, getting after Matt Ryan. But um, those are some of the challenges that they're going to face. And as far as the playoffs being at 2%, they got to win out. That's simple. Then um, somehow Philly and Washington got to kind of tie. They got to split. And the rest of the people have to lose all their games. So they're in the 11th spot right now. You know, the Saints are ahead of them. That's the only team they have a tiebreaker over. They don't have a tiebreaker over the Washington football, the Eagles, and now the 49ers. So, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, they they can uh, – they're not mathematically eliminated, but they can start playing some of these young people and, and see what they got for next year, and nobody's going to be uh, uh, too upset about that. So with that, let's hear from Coach Arthur Smith on the offensive line, and then we'll wrap it up and get out of here from the 308th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Here's Coach Arthur Smith. Certainly we had felt the last couple of weeks we had been playing better. I'd argue Carolina's got a pretty physical defense, and I think they were second league at the time we played them. I thought we went up there and, and played pretty well, especially up front. It was kind of the, the polar opposite this week. You look at Going up to Carolina, I thought we played really well on both sides of the line scrimmage. We go out to uh, San Francisco or Santa Clara, and they got it. They got after us on both sides of the line scrimmage, and so, so we made progress. Uh, certainly, yesterday wasn't uh, what we wanted. Well, there it is, Coach Arthur Smith. Uh, yeah, they we we've seen. You know, we we've got uh you know six and eight, fourteen games in. We see what the Falcons are this year. They've made some strides. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, the roster's going to churn. They got to get better in the trenches moving forward and get some more weapons on the outside. We don't have any update on Calvin Ridley's situation, uh, but uh, we have to – nobody asked him on Monday. I wasn't there. I was flying back. But um, we will just go there with there's no update. They said they'll update us when there's a, a, a opportunity to do so. But uh, So with that, we're going to get out of here and get ready for the rest of the week. Detroit Lions will be coming in here today after Christmas. Hope everybody has a happy and Merry Christmas. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.